Well, good morning, and I'm excited to, I'm actually excited to be up here today. The first time I came up here, I was, thought I was going to die, but uh, um, this morning, I hope it will be a little bit better. Uh, I have some good things to share with you this morning that the Lord's been working on my heart about. Um, it's an amazing story that we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the life of Paul, uh, life of Saul. We're going to read um, in Acts 9, 1 through 30 this morning, if you want to turn there. Um, it was an amazing story of what Christ did in this man's life. And uh, I just hope that I can do it justice this morning by telling you a little bit about it, about what God's been teaching me through it. Why don't we pray for us this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your, your grace and mercy, as we have sung about this morning already. Lord, I pray for this word you have to share with us today, that it will pierce our hearts it will encourage those that already believe in you, and it will discourage those that don't. But I pray, Lord, that those that don't find hope in you today. Thank you for this time together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm just going to read this first. Uh, this is the conversion of Saul, right? It's... um. It's quite an interesting story. Let me read it. Starting in verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues to, at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men, who are traveling, the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise, and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For, for behold, he is praying. And he was seen in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, him, answered, 
Lord, I have heard many about this man, from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell off his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? And has not he come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarshish. Well, there's a lot there. We all know Saul as Paul, right? He wrote 13 books in the New Testament. He is the biggest figure in the book of Acts. He dominates the stage after Jesus ascends into heaven. But who is Saul? Well, we have to go back to a time when, when he was born. He was born in Tarshish around the time of Jesus. He was born a Roman citizen. And if you know anything about Roman citizens, they had it pretty easy. But he was also from the tribe of Benjamin, a very noble tribe, a very proud tribe. <laughs> he spent most of his early life in Jerusalem learning from Gamaliel. Gamaliel was considered one of the most respected teachers in his time. The family plan was to follow Judaism and to have Saul learn at the highest level. Like his father, 
He was a Pharisee, the strictest Jewish sect. Saul wrote in Philippians 3, 5, and 6, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. He was following all the Jewish laws without fault. He was zealous. This zeal for Judaism leads him to persecute the way, as described in 9.1. And all who belonged to it, both men and women, he was not prejudiced to men only or to women only. He wanted them all gone. This way was a description of Christianity derived from Jesus' description of himself in John 14.6. But I believe here it is a derogatory term, kind of a slang term they use for people that follow Christ, you know. When we see Saul for the first time in the book of Acts, in Acts 7.58, it was at the stoning of Stephen. There was no doubt that Saul was the orchestrator of his death, as we see that the others had laid down their garments at his feet. On this day, a great persecution against the church began in Jerusalem, and they all scattered throughout the regions in Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, Acts, 1, uh, Acts 8, 1. Saul was the great persecutor of the early church. This young man was extreme enemy of the church. He was relentless in pursuing those who were part of this way. He didn't stop and sit back for the followers of Christ to come out. He actively sought them out and dragged them into prison in chains where they would stand trial and most likely would end up murdered. This is where we meet Saul in Acts chapter 9. Saul was breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, Acts 9.1. The word breathed here means to breathe in. He lived it. It consumed him. He wanted to eradicate the Christians. and murder them. Saul was the leader of the movement to stamp out Christianity. I'm going to read Acts chapter 26, 9 through 11. I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. <clears throat> 
Saul was an enemy of the church. But what do we see next? One of the most amazing encounters ever recorded. It was so profound that this is recalled twice more in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 22 and 26. Saul has this moment where he is laid hold of by Christ Jesus. By the grace of God. (laughs) The moment when Saul encounters Christ. I'm going to read uh, 9.3 through 19 again. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were open, he saw nothing. So they led him by hand and brought him to Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarshish named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in the vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for mine sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. This was a divine experience. This is the Lord subduing the will of Saul. He was full of anger and pride breathing threats of murder. He thought he was living for God. He followed Judaism to the T. What does Jesus say in John 16, 2? They will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. That was Saul. 
amongst others. But that was Saul here. We see here conviction and regeneration beginning with Saul, though. <laughs> because the light that shone brighter than the sun, as described in Acts 26, 13, was the Lord Jesus appearing to him. He revealed himself to Saul. This brought Saul to his knees. This prideful man was being brought low and humbling him. This is the divine work of the Lord, showing him grace and mercy. He was an awful sinner, persecuting Christians, killing everyone that didn't follow Judaism. He comes to us. He seeks us out. Then Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And how does he answer? Who are you, Lord? He knew who was before him. He knew that this was the Lord. And Jesus then, Saul knows this is a divine encounter. At this moment, Saul begins to submit to the Lord. It was the pierced hand that arrested and apprehended him, the persecutor himself, who is now being bound by the Lord Jesus. In Acts 9, 5, and he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Here, Jesus reveals himself to Saul as the risen Lord. You notice what Jesus asks here. Why are you persecuting me? Not why are you persecuting Christians? Why are you persecuting Jews? Why are you persecuting the followers of me? But why are you persecuting me? What does this show us? It's because whatever you do to one that is Christ, unto him it is you. Well, let me say it again. Because whatever you do to one that is Christ, you do it unto him. The next verse, verse 6, he tells Saul to rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. What do we see here? We see Saul obey the Lord, even though he can't see. He obeyed the Lord and arose and was led to Damascus, a completely changed man. He had just encountered the risen Lord, the one that he was persecuting. During these three days when he was reflecting on this, of no, he had no sight, he had no food, he had no water. It must have been an incredible time for reflection with Saul, for Saul. We see that he was praying this time. 
And that's when the Lord called Ananias to come help him. He had just had an encounter with the Lord, and now everything has changed. His whole life has now changed. His friends from Tarshish are no longer his friends. Or Jerusalem, they are now supposed to be his enemies. His enemies, which were the disciples, our followers of Christ, are now supposed to be his friends. Saul now has a new master, Jesus Christ. A new commission to make disciples and preach the gospel of Christ. A new people, the followers of, of, the, commission, of the followers of Christ, a new way of relating to the enemy and a new source of strength in the Lord. In Acts 9, 10-19a, we see how Jesus uses Ananias to regain Saul's sight and fill him with the Holy Spirit. What a moment this was. Saul was still believed to be an enemy of the church. Ananias had heard all that Saul was doing to the church all the evil that was done by him. It was also known that Saul was coming to bind all who call on the name of Jesus. This was Ananias. <laughs> you can relate to his hesitation. Lord, wait, are you sure? <laughs> this man is actually coming to Damascus, where I'm living right now, to come take me away. This it is also known that Saul, uh, he was a disciple that Saul was coming for. This was a test of faith for both men involved, right? Saul had to trust the Lord that this man, Ananias, would come and heal him, and regain his sight. And Ananias had to trust the Lord that Saul wouldn't kill him. But you see here the work that Christ does. Christ could have chosen to heal Saul and tell him to go preach the gospel. Go ahead, Saul. You're all set. I've encountered you. You're fine. Go and preach the gospel. I'll give you your sight back. What does he do? He brings another brother, another disciple. He chooses, Christ chooses to work through his people. In three days, we see a 180 degree turn from Saul's life, in Saul's life. This was the launch of his Christian life for Saul, the Christian life for him. As we see in the text following, we see Saul is a fearless part of Christ's church. Fearless. As we read 19b through 31, I want you to look for the changes you see. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue. 
saying, well, for some days he was in the, with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in a synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. He wasn't saying that a few, just a few moments ago. He wanted to eradicate them that were saying that. And all who heard him were amazed in, in this and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon this name? Now he's preaching it? The Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. <laughs> he was the one going to kill and murder. But now they want to murder him. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. That's an interesting saying. His disciples? Who are his disciples? He's just been converted. But apparently, there are those that are following him now because he's so powerful in speaking about Christ. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him. <laughs> Can't imagine why. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, another picture of Christ working through someone else. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Not to the disciples, but to the apostles. And declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord. Think of that for a minute. He took him to the apostles, the leaders of it all. What do you think they thought of when Saul came walking in? The man that was eradicating the way. But what did they do? They listened. And they told him the story of how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And how he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarshish. So the church throughout all Judea, this is the next, this is the end picture, kind of, of everything. 
So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Beautiful. When we first met Saul, he was on his way to Damascus with papers to bind Christians and imprison them. But now we see him boldly preaching the gospel of Jesus, not only in Damascus, but also in Jerusalem. We see him preach immediately in the synagogues, as it says in verse 20. What a contrast, because he was supposed to go and arrest the ones proclaiming Jesus' name. But instead, he was proclaiming the name of Jesus. Then we see Saul determined to get the disciples and persecute them because he had papers on the, from the chief priests to capture the disciples. But instead we see them befriending him and helping him and rescuing him from danger. Before we saw Saul being the persecutor of those following the way, but then we see Jesus say in Acts 9, 15, and 16, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. As we see there, people who wanted to kill Saul in both Damascus and Jerusalem. Can't you see how much Saul's life has changed? This was no small encounter with the living God. And that's how it should be, right? Our lives should be completely changed after an encounter with Christ. I know it has in my life. I was, a walking, away, I was walking away from the Lord when he met me and completely changed my life. I would never have thought back when I was younger that I would be standing here today preaching the Word of God to you and asking you if you had encountered Christ this way. But I have. But, I, but here I am. And have you? Have you encountered Christ? This was an act of pure grace being poured out on Saul. Just like we sang today. Man, we were singing songs right down the alley of grace. And this is all about grace here. Have you encountered, had an encounter with Christ that has changed the course of your life? Have you turned 180 degrees? If so, hallelujah. Praise Him for the divine work that Christ has done in your life and go boldly proclaiming 
the gospel of Christ to those who don't know him, just as Saul has shown us here. But if not, is he calling you today? Is he bringing you to your knees? Is he calling you to repent? We've heard some pretty convicting messages the past few weeks here. I know I've been convicted. I know hell is a real place. And I don't want to go there. And I don't want none of you to go there either. There's a lot more we could dig from here. Saul was profoundly impacted by the encounter of Christ. And so wasn't the whole church. He used him to bring them together and to tell more people about himself. I hope he's calling you today. I hope he's encouraging you today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, for the encounter I had with you. I thank you, Lord, for saving my life. I pray for those here today that they be encouraged as they walk the road with you. I pray, Lord, that they'll be encouraged by your word, by your truth. And I pray for those that might not know you this morning. I pray for an encounter with you. Their hearts will be transformed completely changed by you. We don't know how much time we have here, Father. But your hand of grace keeps on reaching out. And I pray those who don't know you will receive it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.